0: Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to Calling Useful Idiots, Calling All Useful Idiots. Thank you so much for coming. This is a great day, uh, just because it's a great day, and we are Useful Idiots. We do this every Monday morning at 11 a.m. following our Monday morning show on YouTube, which you can find at youtube.com slash idiots. We are here to take your questions and comments. I'm Katie Halper, of course, joined by Aaron Maté. You can also find um, Extended interviews and bonus content, uh, which I we highly recommend at uh, usefulidiots.substack.com. So, uh, yeah, hop on. We got some. We got some listeners. I don't know if we have any callers yet, but uh, Colin has been a little glitchy lately. So we may have tons of people with questions who are just not showing up. But luckily, Aaron and I can offer comments to each other and questions.
1: You know, Katie, we totally forgot to mention israel's latest bombing of gaza
0: oh yeah you're right uh you know why you know i can't believe in aaron but somehow uh, you know who else forgot to mention it
1: all the cable news shows
0: yeah all the cable news shows yeah
1: so yeah Yeah. yeah.
0: we should actually add to monday morning like we should add this week in critically relevant omitted news stories
1: yeah sure sure well that that would be the top candidate and, yeah, it's uh, completely absent from all the Sunday news shows. It's unbelievable. Right. Okay, yeah. we got some callers, uh, oh, Will, yeah. you're up.
2: Hey guys, it's Will again, film philosopher, friend of the show. Hey. Um, I, just, I just wanted to comment on uh, something that happened in the Roger Waters interview, which I've uh, also experienced in talking to people is that whole, uh, when you talk about the NATO push, and Aaron, you constantly mention the Minsk Accords, which I also bring up, but there's that blame the victim mentality of like, oh, Russia, you invaded Ukraine. How are you going to blame the victim? And that's a very, very common um, conversational turn that people use, and you see it in the media all the time. And I just wanted to ask uh, you guys, would you bring it up with people? Uh, how do you handle yeah, that
1: Well, I mean, look, the victim here. The primary victim here are the Ukrainian people, right? They were invaded, but no one's blaming them. In fact, the Ukrainian people voted to make peace. Uh, When they elected Zelensky in 2019, he ran on a peace mandate. And the whole thing was he was going to actually implement the Minsk Accords. He didn't do it. The Ukrainian people wanted him to do it, but he didn't do it. So We're not blaming. No one's blaming the Ukrainian people. The real victims were, I mean, part of the blame goes to Zelensky and his government and the government that came before him, which refused to end the war. Um, That doesn't mean you justify Russia invading because, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's still, I think, a criminal act. But you can't ignore the fact that Ukraine refused to take the steps required that could have avoided this thing. That's just a fact. And that's not the fault of the Ukrainian people. I mean, you're, you're only blaming the victim here if you conflate the Ukrainian people with their government. But, you know, like, are we responsible for everything that Joe Biden or George Bush does? Like, no, we're not the government. We, um, we live in the country and we pay taxes to it and we have a certain responsibility, but we're not the ones making the decisions. So I think that's the context that is missing in that, in that claim that we're blaming the victim. Yeah, good
2: point. Katie, you have any thoughts on that? And then I'll drop off.
0: No, I disagree with what Aaron said. And um, I also think that I try to point out that if you care about Ukrainians, you would want the United States to do everything it could to bring an end to this war, which they're clearly not interested in doing.
2: Yeah, thanks.
3: Thank you.
0: Okay, Cade.
4: I I guess I just wanted to ask a little more about the, I mean, I know you already talked about the Pelosi trip to Taiwan, um, but I just, I don't really, I feel like with most news events, like I understand it, these politicians are corrupt, um, you know, like I I understand why what's happening is happening, um, but with the Pelosi trip to Taiwan, I mean, I've heard some people speculate that it could be related to like um, the stocks that they hold in in some of these companies, but that doesn't really necessarily make sense to me. I don't know why she'd need to go to Taiwan to, to boost ties or something with the, uh, you know, Taiwan, like microchip like companies. Um, So I, I guess I've just been trying to figure out, it seems to me, and I've heard the sort of like standard media thing of like, just boosting her legacy. Um, But I, I have no idea like in what way is like, he has, even though Biden hasn't maybe directly called her and done what he should, he did make clear on the tarmac, you know, that he was against it. So it just seems to me like no matter like there, there, I can't imagine like a, a view of history in which like Pelosi is going to come out of this looking good, even, you know, no matter how warmongering the people who write the history are. Um, I just, it, it really kind of like baffles me. And it also seems to make You know, Biden looked bad and weak that he kinda can't control the speaker of the house or can't even persuade her to, you know, not undermine his foreign policy. So I I guess just the whole the whole story sort of feels to me like it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I don't think that her stock holdings had anything to do with it. I just don't think as you say, that she'd need to go to Taiwan you know, for that purpose. Uh, but I do think, you know, I think it's fair to speculate that maybe her legacy, thinking that this would like cement her as some sort of freedom fighter as she nears retirement, that that was a factor. And also just overall U.S. hegemony. I mean, she's been a long longtime uh, advocate of basically confronting China. And so this is just, you know, a culmination of that, I think. China, basically anyone who is a threat to U.S. supremacy will be an enemy no matter what their system of government is. China can be the most democratic place in the world, but if they're a threat to U.S. supremacy, they they will be an enemy. And right now, China's economy is overtaking the U.S.'s, and so that's why they have to be destabilized and weakened, and that's why the U.S. focuses on issues, like it does in any country, that can help destabilize China. That's the U.S. playbook, similar with with Russia and Ukraine. Find an issue where there is division, where there are people that the U.S. can exploit for its own ends, and that's what, the u.s is doing in taiwan and nancy pelosi is a big believer in that
4: i I guess i mean i see that to a degree it's just i'm kind of confused it just i guess the integration of like our economy in china's you know for good or for bad and mostly for bad and mostly because of politicians like pelosi um is um is so thorough that you know if if there were ever a war with china or even like you know just a trade war with china like a serious one not what not just what Trump did, but like, you know, an actual like severing of economic ties. I mean, the world economy would collapse, the U.S. economy would collapse, the Chinese economy would collapse. I don't um, I, I don't see how, you know, if you were the person, if it was Pelosi who helped, you know, beat the drums and march toward that war, I don't see how that ends up looking good for her. Um, and if it was, you know, if we end up just staying at peace with China for a long time, I don't see how she ends up looking good. So I guess maybe it's just, I guess like, you know, an ingrained hostility toward people who who are perceived as threats, but
1: yeah, it's look, it's cognitive capture. There's nothing rational about any of this. They're so driven by enforcing U S hegemony that even when they take steps that undermine their own position, it doesn't matter because they're just like, it's like they're, it's sort of like addictive behavior in some way that even though it's self-destructive, and it's consequential. It hurts. It hurts people Hurts yourself and others. It doesn't matter because, you know, the high of enforcing U.S. supremacy is the ultimate goal.
4: Yeah, yeah, I I. that does make that does seem to be what it is. Uh, it's just it's kind of terrifying then to think like, you know, when they're not rational actors um, to the extent that they're being irrational, you know, like what more, you know, you, you'd like to think that at some point, like the rationality is going to kick in and like we won't we wouldn't actually go to war with China over right. taiwan you yeah. know you'd like to think like yeah they were willing to push they're willing to bluster they think it makes them look tough makes them look strong is gonna have some like pr benefit to them or something um but that they'd stop you know that you know that like as bad as what biden's done with flooding your hand with weapons he's kind of resisted some of the even crazier um positions that are being out there pushed and like i like to think that's because he's willing to flirt with dragging us into world war three but he's not you know, he's never actually going to intentionally push us into World War III. Now, that doesn't mean he hasn't raised the risk of us accidentally, you know. Exactly. Yep. But but I like to think that there's some point at which their rationality will jump in. Yeah. But I guess things like this make me doubt that.
1: Yep. Thank you for the call. And yeah, thank you. We're going to take the next caller. And at least for me, it looks yeah, it looks a little. So, Cade, if you were in the queue, we lost you. So if you want to come back, we will... Jump you ahead because I think you got lost in the jump shuffle there. So
0: we just spoke to Cade.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm oh, sorry. I thought we were speaking to someone else. Okay, my bad. Um, okay. No, I thought we. I think we were speaking to someone named Will first.
0: No, we spoke to Will already. Will was the first guy. Then we were just speaking to Cade.
1: Oh, okay. I missed the transition then. My bad. All right. Okay, Jason, you're up.
5: Plot twist: My real name is actually Cade. Also, really? really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um. Good morning. I just was wondering what you guys thought of the um uh, the IRA bill. I mean, I was looking through the bullet points. It's. I mean, besides the insulin thing, I mean, there's not really much to celebrate. Um. I mean, negotiating drug prices. I don't see how it's a victory. We should be negotiating drug prices as just a normal, more matter of business, if you have to me. But anyway, um, I mean, I don't see much gray out of it. I really wish Bernie would just tank the whole thing, put like a John McCain and went Maverick on it. I know he got a lot of uh, hell for that, but that's just my thought on it.
0: Yeah, it's really depressing. I mean, I guess they got some good stuff in there. I feel like it's almost like a status quo bill because in terms of the net, Gains or losses for the climate, because there's going to be a lot of drilling. I guess it's slightly, uh, maybe slightly, a net positive. I don't know. It's very depressing, though. This is our FDR president.
1: Yeah, This this is the position that we're always put in. Like at least, like progressives always put in that. Like initially, there's a proposal. It's like not great, but it's not the worst. And then it gets, you know, watered down and diluted and bad things get added in. And then you're finally put in this position where it's like, do you support this thing that will, that is a huge reduction of everything you initially sought that sort of just um, preserves the current corrupt system as it is and doesn't provide any structural change? But there's a few breadcrumbs for struggling people. And if you oppose it, then you're taking away those breadcrumbs, which will still make a difference in the impact of people's lives. And the same thing with the Affordable Care Act. And initially, there was going to be a public option. Obama dropped that. And then even though right. that measure ultimately, like it, it was a bailout essentially for the insurance companies, it still did expand health insurance for millions of people. So if you oppose that, then you're basically saying, I'm going to, take, I'm going to deny health insurance to millions of people. And so what do you do in that situation? Do you hold out and you keep fighting until you achieve uh you know everything you want or at least a lot more of what you want or do you just take this temporary accept this temporary measure and keep working towards something better it's it's tough and so i I think in this case that's another example of that there are some good things in this bill and so look it's i don't think it's anything to celebrate but i also don't i don't know about opposing it because ultimately it's hard to support taking away benefits for struggling people and uh negotiating drug prices, that is a good thing, you know, and, and that should be welcomed, even if if so much else is odious.
5: Yeah.
0: You know, I... I oh, sorry, keep going, uh,
5: Cade. <laughs> sorry. No, I was just going to say, um,
0: say it's kind of like I, the
5: uh, gun legislation they just passed, and uh, there was a few good things on it, but far from what we actually needed. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you're right. It's just Hard to see um, breadcrumbs all the time is one, in my opinion, we need serious reform. But thank you for your thoughts, Katie and Aaron.
0: We need a whole loaf of bread. We need like a six foot, no, like 10 six feet things of bread. (laughs) Wall to wall bread. Also, I just want to say, you know, I I did a cover, my favorite Farkas and I wrote a cover song of and I want you to stay. I guess it's called Stay, that Rihanna song. And one of the ver- the verses we did, we said, it's not universal health care. You, it was about Obama. It was like, I want you to stay. You are a neo-lib and really hawkish, but something in the way you move makes me feel like I can't live without you. And Trump is really scary. And I want you to stay. And one of the verses said, it's not universal health care you're giving, but you helped young people and those with preconditions. So... It was a it was a giveaway a bailout, and uh, it did make a little bit of difference, but not enough. So we got to constantly, I guess, keep pushing for more. All right, thanks, J- thanks, Cade, Jason, whose real name is Cade, Andrew, Andrew. Yes, well,
6: testing, testing. Yeah, we- Um. So I a few months ago um when china brought in um to serbia six large uh transport aircraft full of weaponry um and now coincidentally at the same time as all of this is unfolding over taiwan suddenly Kosovo is getting visits from the Secretary of State. I don't know if y'all saw yesterday, but um, Dua Lipa, whose parents are Kosovo Albanians, she also met with the president um, who appointed her an honorary ambassador. And so it's interesting to see whether this is all part of the whole U.S.-China proxy conflict in now what's happening with Serbia and Kosovo, it'll be very curious to watch this unfold and see what everyone does as a result.
1: I haven't followed that angle, so that's interesting. I didn't know about that. So thank you, Andrew. Okay, Schnarr, you're up next.
0: Thanks, Andrew. Very insightful. Let's look into it. All
7: right, snarf. Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, I had a I had a more light-hearted question actually. I was just interested, um, what you guys think about the John Fetterman, Doctor Oz, uh, circus race <laughs> in Pennsylvania, and uh, just kind of like what your thoughts are on Fetterman. You know, I I know that certain things he definitely has already kind of shown that he's not in in a in a real progressive position, but I find this race to be entertaining, and I was just hoping to get your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I actually talked about this on Rising when I was guest co-hosting this week, and they're now accusing John Fetterman of being a fake everyman, but that's uh, better than being a fake Pennsylvanian, which is what Dr. Oz is. Um, yeah, I mean, Oz is terrible, so... Uh, and they're trying to go after Fetterman because his parents helped him out financially uh, which he was always very open about so
7: what do you think about the 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 picture of Dr. Oz with the shotgun? did you see that
0: no, but it's hilarious it sounds hilarious
7: <laughs> Aaron, do you have anything to say about this at all?
1: I have not followed it at all so I Sorry. I, 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 I insist.
0: Got nuts, so we don't even know he could be an Oz fan.
1: Listen, you, you <laughs> no, have to, just,
7: you have to see Dr. Not... Oz with a shotgun because that is the funniest thing. It'll probably cheer you up because, like, honestly, it's just funny.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely not a Dr. Oz fan. I remember, like, his talk show when I would watch it. I just felt he gave such a bad vibe. He just yeah. didn't seem like a very – I don't know. No, I've never been a fan of his. <laughs> yeah. And – um I know that, like, even like, I know that Trump endorsed him, and that right. even some like MAGA fans were upset at Trump for that. But I didn't even, I, I didn't even follow that. I, I, to be honest, with you, I don't pay that much attention to domestic politics. I just don't have the, you know, that's not really my thing. But um, yeah, I know. Like that, uh, this sounds like a really entertaining race. And and um, it, is it close? Like, are the polls close?
7: No, not really. So okay. so, Doctor Oz decided to take a a, a sabbatical, and that kind of covered the entire summer he went to europe um Uh, and like he's neglecting the support of the of the republican party which means basically that there are people out there that are throwing money into the campaign but he's just kind of like doing his own thing um i i think it's funny because it's just it's become such a spectacle to the point where you know you have you have a tv doctor Being the front runner and his main credential is, oh, he was on TV like he has no actual public policy background. He's just a schmuck on TV. So we're going to put him as the front runner for the Republican Party.
4: Well,
0: I mean, it's not unprecedented.
7: No, it's not. I mean, we have Ronald Reagan as a president. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger as a governor. I mean, there's plenty of goofballs that have made it to American politics. And, I mean, honestly, the rest of the goofballs are goofballs, too. They just never were on TV like that. Right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: Thanks, Narf. All right, Tony. Tony, what happened? All right. Well, Tony, come back in the line if you want to. But we're going to move on to friend of show, Afini.
8: Hello. Hey, Hey, guys. Morning. uh, You know, I watch faithfully every week. You know, I love you so much, Katie. (laughs) But yeah, so I just really wanted to touch on like the China conversation just because, you know, it's just really been frustrating me uh, just the way that everything has gone on and especially the conversation that has kind of surrounded Nancy Pelosi's um, going there. Like, I feel like all of us have a very good understanding that the U.S. is very much um, like a global fascist empire that wants to, like, it's like, that wants to control, you know, the ways in which, like, other governments actually function. And so... For the U.S. to even be saying any of these same things about China is just very laughable to me. Like listening to that news coverage, it like you could have just replaced every single word that they said about China. You could have just replaced our name Um, and it would have still made sense. (laughs) Right.
3: Um,
8: And, you know, the U.S. funds 71 percent of the world's dictatorships and authoritarian governments. We do that because we do that by supplying them with arms and, and military equipment. We are constantly purveyors of violence and of, you know, destruction all over the world. And it's just really frustrating that, you know, as somebody who's approaching 26, I have to worry about fucking paying for health care. But we can always find money to pull out of our asses to give to war. And like just the way that we are just provoking all of our enemy states um, at this time is just... I don't know like I I'm genuinely terrified that we're going to be in the middle of nuclear war just because like a few people in Congress wanted to make a quick buck and military contractors had money to make but it's just like when the world blows up because y'all nuked everything like where the fuck are y'all going to go like I'm I'm really just trying to do the math on what the end game is here um and I I don't know like I'm I'm genuinely I'm I'm just kind of scared like I'm genuinely getting terrified on what the on what the outcome is going to be because you know people like myself and like a lot of people that are on this call, like we're going to be the ones that are sacrificed, you know, through this terrible and really provocative, um, foreign policy. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to say that. And if the U S is going to be the global arms dealer, I feel like they just need to be very clear about that. Um, if we're going to just, if that's all we're here for is to sell weapons, I just feel like they just need to say it at this point, because that's the only thing we're doing. We're not taking care of our fucking citizens. We're not, creating any type of real peace around the world with our actions. We're not helping the climate. We're literally just destroying the world at this point. We're just destroying the environment. Um, And I hate it here. I just wanted to really say that I hate it here. And thank you so much.
0: (laughs) We hear you. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that because it's just true. It's so depressing. And then it's like, what are we supposed to do? Because like, no one wants to think about this the whole all the time because it's just such a depressing thing, but you also want to be cognizant of what's happening. I don't know the answer.
8: Yeah. Yeah. And it's frustrating also really quickly. Sorry, Erin. it's because like, they don't like China has one base military base outside of the mainland. We have two, almost 2000 overt military positions and or bases in the world. Like I just, like the hypocrisy is, is glaring. And the fact that none of our allies have anything to say about it's just, you just realize more and more every day that the U S is literally just creating a global military empire that is based around capitalism, exploitation and destruction. And they don't really care what the outcome is as long as they all get to make fucking money. Like that's just, that's just really where I'm at, but I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, you know, on that point about bases, um when Japan occupied China and you know, caused so much destruction, they used Taiwan as a base to do that. So that's also part of the reason why Taiwan for China is so sensitive, is because it's been used before to militarily occupy China. And so China will not let the US control it, essentially. And that's part of why it's drawing such a harsh red line. But we don't want to hear that because, yeah, I mean, as you've been saying, like, uh, we are an empire. And so we don't consider other people's interests. They're just they're subordinate to our desire for, hegem- for hegemony. And it leads to all these ongoing crises in all sorts of corners of the world. And, yeah, look, it's bleak. <laughs> it's a bleak time. It's a bleak time. And um...
8: this is my bad.
1: No, no, no. no, It's it's just honest. It's just honest. Things are bleak, but, um, you know, our choices are, do we ignore it or do we try to do what we can, you know? And I think everyone's trying to do what they can.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
8: And thank you guys so much for everything that you guys do. Like I said, I watch every week and it's really great. And Aaron, I learn a lot from your foreign policy perspective. So thank you guys so much. And thank you for letting me ramble on your platform. You're the best, Katie.
1: (laughs) Anytime.
0: Thank you. You know, Aaron, you would like to quote Tupac a lot. And I was wondering I don't know if it's applicable, that Tupac song about keeping your head up.
1: Uh that Aaron? like that line that I quote um does come from keep your head up.
0: Right, but is the is the keep your head up things are gonna get easier?
1: Yeah, I'm keep... sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. I'm not I'm one a... to police I am not one to police someone else's uh no, I, don't. You're not. Court choices. I
0: just totally don't if you can say that or not
1: no it's totally appropriate it's i
0: totally think appropriate. we have to pretend at least that things are going to get better
1: absolutely yeah. absolutely absolutely it, it, it's good to be helpful there's no yeah. there's no harm in being helpful absolutely right. not absolutely not
0: all right sean hey sean And Sean, just unmute yourself by hitting the um, mic icon at the bottom right of your screen. Sean, bottom right icon. All right, do we do the five second countdown, Aaron? Sean, so many, if you can't unmute yourself.
1: We, we have so many callers that five sec- we don't even do five seconds. We just move on. All right, so, Amanda, yeah. you're up next.
0: Come back into the into the queue. All right, Amanda.
1: And by the way, I don't even know anymore if it's the bottom right thing. I think it might be right oh. in the middle of your screen now. Yeah.
0: I, 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 wrong. Oh, this whole time I've been giving the wrong.
3: On mine still is, but okay, yeah.
1: Things, things might have changed. I don't know. Anyway, Amanda, you're up.
3: I can confirm things have changed. A little pop-up window pops up and it says unmute with a red button right there we in the go. center of the screen. Okay, yeah. There you go. So you are correct, sir. Um, wow. Good morning.
0: Our talk was wrong on the changes. He says, "I see no changes." Wrong on that count. Okay. Good morning, Amanda.
3: I have an iPhone. I don't know if it's different on the Android app. Oh yeah. So, um, um, so uh, thank you for putting in that Rogers water segment, and and kind of because you know I'm the kind of person I like to hear my own voice and make sure that I am correct. Uh, it seems to me that one of the things you didn't explicitly say, but is implied by you guys including it, is how interesting it is to see when there is an actual alternative to the narrative that all the media, whether it's Fox or CNN or whoever, seems to be arguing over, that it's like sticks out so much. And the fact that he isn't a Noam Chomsky or a Cornel West who is basically banned from being as part of corporate media conversations, even if they want to have arguments or whatever. So I really appreciate, because it's a good example of how so much of the narrative is just smooth all over the place wrong. So uh-huh. I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Amanda. It... Um, okay, John F. can you hear me yeah yeah Ah, what happened john come back in the line i don't know what just happened come back in the line and we'll call on you anthony welcome
9: hey thank you so much um Yeah, well, this Inflation Reduction Act, It's uh, on the ticker on C-SPAN, it said to address taxes, taxation, health care, climate change, and then the name of it's inflation. And then they're voting on a part of it that had to do with immigration at the time I was watching. I'm like, okay, so this bill is any and everything, and you're just calling it something. I'm like, I... I don't care what's in that bill, even if I liked a lot of the things in it, I don't support operating our country in that fashion. It's it's an insult to our intelligence and so I don't I wouldn't support the bill even if it had a lot of things I liked in it. And um, you know, similar to Build Back Better, I guess. And because the name's not insignificant, it totally obfuscates what's really in there. And, you know, like Affordable Care Act. They can just say affordable, Affordable Care Act, affordable. Well, no, it's not affordable. So, yeah, that's I, I, we can't do legislation like that in this country anymore. I don't care, like, which party.
0: All right, you're on notice, Democrats.
9: Well, that's just my opinion. But then, um, well, well, you know, Pelosi was a big newsmaker this last week. Well, did you see... Uh, much of the squad was up in uh, Minneapolis campaigning for uh, Ilhan Omar this weekend, and Ilhan Omar touted her endorsement from Nancy this weekend. He, how do you feel about that? Right at, we're coming off the heels of her Taiwan provocation. Isn't that funny?
1: I saw that. I saw that Ilhan Omar tweeted out how proud she was that Nancy has endorsed her, and there's a picture of them together. And I was thinking, man, if I was looking to like discourage a progressive from entering politics, I would just print out that tweet and send it to them and say, This is what awaits you as a progressive. You fight hard, you get to Congress, and then you have to like advertise that Nancy Pelosi supports you. I, th- I can't think of a, like, a better deterrent if you wanted to discourage someone from getting into uh, politics than that site, which I thought was very sad because Ilhan, you know. Has taken some brave stances before, and it's just kind of it's uh, to me. It's sad that she's in a position where Nancy Pelosi is somehow seen as like a an, an ally.
0: I don't know if she's seen as an ally, but she's seen as polit- as someone whose endorsement should be touted. Like that's the yeah. I I mean I basically agree with you. I would just yeah. as opposed to, you know, um, Charles. Hear
10: me? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I just wanted to comment real quick on a comment that the a previous caller made about Dr. Oz holding the shotgun. You could tell that was the first time he ever held a shotgun in his life. It was it just looked so fake and he it was like, he was afraid of it. The way he was holding it. It was just, it was just so fake. I mean, it's just it's a, basically this just shows in general that he's a fake basically. But now I'm, And then another question I had was, um, what's your opinion on the forward party and and Jesse Ventura wanting to run in the forward party and being a pro forward and him being a pro forward party fan seemed kind of disappointing.
0: Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, Um,
10: actually, Sabby Sabs did an interview with him last week.
0: And he talked about that.
10: Yeah, that was his main thing. I thought I thought he was joking at first because he came on and he's like, Yeah, Ford like I, I thought he was joking, but yeah, he's all pro- all in with the forward party and Andrew Yang and he wants to run as a forward party candidate and-, and he said we need a centrist party. I mean, yeah, though I mean I like, it was unbelievable. It was very disappointing I I really liked Jesse, but he just well, he-, he seemed like he was kinda out of it too. He just seemed like he's was- I don't know, it's just it's very disappointing.
0: Huh.
10: Well
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that because uh I always saw Jesse as a as an outsider, and he's taken some brave stances. I mean, he was he was kicked off the air back during the Iraq War because he opposed it, and right. um, so yeah, I'm 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 surprised to hear that too. Yeah, look, I'm not excited about the Ford Party at all. I I can't think of something we need less than another centrist party with like you know Governor Whitman. She's one of the people involved, and Andrew Yang, obviously. I, no,
0: not Governor Whitman. It's Christine. Oh well, Christine. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Christine Todd Whitman. Yeah. I, I misheard you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It's just not it's not something I'm very excited about.
10: It defeats the whole purpose, the whole purpose of the third party is to get away from the corporate money. And, and, and if you're right. still taking it, it defeats the whole purpose. It's just it's a, it's a, it's a facade. It's a, somebody says just a, another head on the on the, the corrupt system. And then another quick question. What what do you guys think about um, Jimmy Dore still supporting Nick Brown and the uh, People's Party?
1: Well, uh, and you don't think they should be supported? Why?
10: Well, it's not the I – mean, Nick Brana, I mean, obviously, you know, the, you know, basically the allegations, and they seem pretty incredible, and that one person that came out against, you know, I, mean, I just think that's part's despicable, and it just means more about Nick Brana. I mean, I'm for a third party, but then the fact that he's the head of the party, that just makes the whole thing seem suspect. Look,
1: I haven't, see, this is the tough thing. It's, um, I haven't looked into these allegations and I know that um, Nick has countered them. Uh, He claims there's evidence that undermined them. And and this is a thing where I I just haven't looked into it. So I don't feel uh, comfortable weighing in either way. I I just, I don't, I'm not gonna, look, I'm personally surprised by how much vitriol I've seen directed at the People's Party. I think obviously any political effort is going to be flawed and um, even before the allegations of whatever Nick is accused of. uh, I've seen people just kind of like dismiss the People's Party without it even being given a chance to try. And I just think it's very difficult to organize third parties. And when people do that, I just don't like the idea of dismissing them so quickly. And I think, you know, it's hard. People should be appreciated. It's difficult to get something off the ground. But in terms of the specific allegations, I haven't looked into them, so I don't want to comment either way. I'll, I will say that I'm not going to just reflexively believe them. Um, because no, I, I agree,
10: think- but... But the, yeah. actu- the accusations came from inside the party, like Paula Jean Swearegen, that was at Zam- Zamba Day or whatever her name was. And, 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 I, and I saw Nick Brown interviewed on Jordan Sheridan and he just, it just looked like he was he just looked guilty as hell. I mean the, the way he was very combative and he wasn't answering the questions and Jordan actually hung up on him. He, I mean, he, it just looked but mainly the inside allegations it's not the outsides. People that actually worked inside the party making these allegations.
1: <laughs> I know, but look, look again I understand. I'm understand. i not commenting specifically on this because I haven't looked into it, but I've been around lefty institutions for a very, very long time. And I've seen how easy it is for things to implode. And I've seen also, I've seen fake allegations been made before. And I'm not saying that that's the case here. I'm saying is I'm not, um, foreclosing that possibility because I've seen this happen a lot. And to organize on the left is very, very difficult. And, uh, that's why I just—I um, mean, to me, it's sad. I, you know, it's too bad because I think the idea of forming a third party is great, and it just seems like every time people try to build something that's some kind of alternative, things always break down with stuff like this. And I—I I think that's too bad. And um, look, uh, you know, Jordan Cheriton was accused of some something that I think—I mean, again, I didn't look into it, but I think the takeaway from that whole thing was that Jordan was falsely accused, right? And so accordingly, given that lesson, I think it's important to leave open at least the possibility that that could be the case elsewhere as well.
0: I have to to be transparent. I also have to look into it. I will say that uh, uh, if things do implode, that's definitely true. But I also think that, you know, it's good to try to start a third party, but you also have to look at how viable something is um, and how it's not enough just to say you're doing it. You have to see, look at their record, their platform, um, what kind of traction they're making. So, and the other, in terms of the Jesse Ventura thing and the forward party, um, it's funny. I have, um, uh, we interviewed him on the Hill this week and I asked him like, where. Cause the premise of the party is that like the Democrats are, and the Republicans are both too extreme. And I asked him where the Democrats were too extreme. He couldn't really answer. Um, so I will give him credit for having, for interviewing Matthew Ho on his show. And Matthew Ho is running, trying to run. No, he's now can run as a green party, um, candidate and shout out to Matthew Ho for defeating the, for getting on the ballot. Um, of course he got that Katie helper show bump. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, I will give uh, Andrew credit for having him on his show, but I do think that the forward party is based on a a false premise, which is that Republicans are too extreme on the right, which that's true, and Democrats are too extreme on the left, which is not true. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sean, thanks, Charles. Thank you. Okay, yeah, Sean. Hello. Hi. Hello?
1: Hello? Sean.
0: Hello? We can hear
11: you. Hear- oh, okay, oh, great. Okay, well, I'm calling
4: in. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Aramante and uh, you. Uh, I was going to add question for Aaron uh, I was seeing uh, if you saw the segment of uh, uh, Sam
3: Sam
4: Cedar yeah Sam Cedar was smearing you guys do you guys actually care about what they think Who is- Sam Cedar no
0: but who was he smearing
4: oh Aaron okay
1: what did he say? Do you remember?
4: Oh, how uh, you were putting out fake narratives about the, the Russian... Uh, basically, you're, you're a Putin puppet.
1: Okay, well, I missed that. Um, I'll be shocked. I'd be shocked if uh, he actually cited anything that I've actually said. Generally, when people go after me, in, this, in, in, in my experience with that show especially... They never actually cite what I actually say; they'll just react to their rendering of what they concoct that I say, but not what I actually said so but look, at the same time, I haven't seen the segment, so it wouldn't be you know I can't comment on it more than that, but I but it's it right. like do I care what people like that think of me? no, but I do care about being smeared, so if they're putting out false things about me, then I do care, and actually, I had an experience with that show where. One of their co-hosts claimed that I that I deny genocide, and uh, but didn't even specify what genocide I'm supposedly denying. They just called me a genocide denier. And So I wrote the show. I was like, you know, if you're going to call me a genocide denier, do you want to at least name the genocide Uh, and then substantiate either substantiate that claim, so defend it, like back it up with facts, or apologize if you can't substantiate your claim that someone's a genocide denier, which is a pretty serious charge. You should apologize for it and instead so that was my request i was like either either like back up your claim or retract it if you can't defend it right and instead sam did this whole long dumb segment just calling me a bunch of names and uh, and then on the question of genocide like they they did name the alleged genocide they said that i uh, they said that the co-host was referring to me uh denying genocide in xinjiang but then What's funny is Sam didn't even weigh in on that. He didn't even actually say what he's like. Oh, I'm, I'm a question of genocide. It's controversial. He like so he himself was actually he, he himself what he himself, okay. Let's yeah. let's yeah. I'm gonna mute you, Sean. Um, he he himself was actually if they're while accusing me of denying a genocide, he wouldn't even actually say that such a genocide exists because. My whole point when it comes to allegations of genocide in Xinjiang is it's it's ridiculous. It's not a genocide, what's going on there. There's repression. Uh, that's pretty well documented and mass surveillance. But the idea of calling it a genocide to me is a, is a complete farce. It's, it's, it comes from Mike Pompeo. And that's what Majority Report, the supposedly progressive show, was attacking me for. But then when pressed to defend it, they couldn't even do it, which I thought was so funny. So that's my experience with that show. So no, I don't care what about their opinions of me, but if I'm being smeared, I do care about that. And, uh, especially if it's serious allegations like genocide denial. All right. Thank you, Sean. Tyler, you are up next, I believe. Yes. Hey, y'all. Um, love oh, let me say one thing, but Sean, if you can do me a favor, send me that. If you're still listening, Sean, send me that clip. Cause I hadn't seen it and, uh, otherwise I, I might not find it. So send it to me if you can. There's a message function in this app. Okay. Sorry, Tyler. Go ahead.
12: Hey, Norris. Um, guys, I love your show. I, uh, Katie, I originally found you, you know, a year and a half ago or so. Cause I'm a, Taibi head. And, um, you know, since he's left, I've continued to watch really religiously. You guys are one of the only programs that I go back to every single week. So thank you. Appreciate you. Um, but, uh, I wanted to ask this, my, this, this question dovetails with, a with two callers ago, Katie, I wanted to ask, especially from your perspective, um, cause, cause he said he had been watching Jesse Ventura on Savvy Savvy uh, has been doing really great interviews lately. I've been really enjoying her program. Um, but she also had on. Kim Iverson that I walked watched last night and Kim gave a pretty uh you know personal but like uh, chronological breakdown of the communications between her and people at the hill and I wanted to know Katie if you've seen that segment of course Aaron Wayne of course um but especially Katie because you you know are on the hill often I want to know if you've seen that segment um And if if what Kim said uh, kind of jives with your understanding of the whole story, and if you have anything to say about uh, this whole thing. Did we lose Katie?
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry, I was muted by accident. Sorry. I have not seen that clip yet. Can you hear me? Uh,
12: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you now. Um, so I just I just want to know if you have any you know thoughts or reflections on uh, on Kim's departure from the Hill and whether it gives you any reservations going forward uh, working with them. It's certainly uh, in my in my opinion, given what given what's been said about them, um, I think I think this story adds to sort of a sense I have about them as a news organization that was begun by Crystal and Sager's departure. Uh, more than a year and a half ago now and a year ago now. And uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't agree with anybody about anything. So, you know, I'm not 100% like a cheerleader for for team breaking points or anything. But it did give me pause and concern the things they had to say about, you know, their their relationship during their departure. And, And Kim's story story sort of adds to my to my perspective that this isn't this isn't an objective kind of outsider, uh, uh, news organization. I just, I just want to know anyone's, anyone's reflections on,
1: on can I that. say this? Yeah. Anytime, yeah. anytime you have an institution that exists in, in this society, there are going to be, uh, there's going to be dysfunctions and there's going to be, um, you know, bad decisions and there's going to be, you know, because that's just the nature of institutions to begin with, you know, there's human. And so, But I just think, you know, either you accept that we're in this system where we have a very small amount of media outlets that, like, have a certain amount of reach and that allow some degree of truth in them, um, or you insist that everything has to be perfect. And I just don't, you know, like, even look, to me, a good example is Democracy Now!, where I, I worked for 10 years. Trust me, not a perfect institution, a lot of flaws. Now, they've made a lot of, I think, terrible editorial decisions in recent years, like going along with Russiagate, being cheerleaders for the Syria Dirty War. But still, would I advocate that somebody not work there or go on go on that show? Of course not, because still there is some commitment to getting out facts, and there's a commitment to social justice, and they do a lot of great work. And that's just, I feel the same way about The Hill. So in this case with Kim, I didn't follow what happened. I don't really care personally. She felt as if she was— Censored, I guess. Um, I do. I thought she did great work there, and I think she's a really talented broadcaster. And so I think so. She made the choice that it wasn't the right fit for her. I think that's you know that's totally fair. And now she's going to go back to her independent channel, and she'll do great. But um, the idea of like canceling a whole outlet because of one dispute, I just don't. I don't subscribe to that at all. I think you, you recognize every place institution, no matter what it is, is going to be flawed, and you do the best you can. Within that system, if you want to be there,
12: yeah, Aaron, uh, Aaron, Aaron. let me follow up with that real quick, just because I think um, I, I, I would, I would, I would say there's there's a question in my mind if some if there's an outlet that has been pushing Russia Gate or State Department narratives about the Syrian dirty war, for example. Then I do question whether you said there's a still a commitment to getting the facts out there. Well, I mean, if you're supporting RussiaGate, after all the facts have
1: come out, then there isn't really, right? Like- well, sorry, yeah, I sorry, I meant I meant some facts. I mean, like, uh, like what so, I'm saying is, what so I'm saying is, just because so, so just because it's, it's, they're hold on, a hold on, hold on, just because they're really horrible. And trust me, I've said su- I've said many words about how terrible Deanne is on some really key issues, but. Just because they're horrible in some issues doesn't mean they're bad in others. And the thing is, I'm just not going to cancel an entire outlet because they get some things really, really wrong. I just don't think that serves anybody. Um, it, it, you still critique when they've got wrong. So whatever the hell gets gets wrong, and if they treated Kim badly, totally fair to critique it. But to cancel them, that to me is something different, and that's something that I don't... Well,
12: so I guess what, what what I'm asking is, like, so when when do you go from... You know, all right, there's some questions about the integrity of any given outlet and sure, raise them and think about them while not, of course, completely canceling them. Like, when do you go from that perspective to, you know, a case more like The Intercept, where, in my opinion, it's completely appropriate for the founder to walk away because he's been actively censored and, and you yeah, know, I- and, and, for, and for listeners and readers I- thereafter to think, OK, I don't have time. To consume this media anymore because i i i kind of i kind of have better places to get
0: well, uh, information can I, me, our, right can i let me this so we had Ryan Grimm on who was at the intercept um we had him on to talk about a story that Aaron and i thought was important and interesting that you couldn't get elsewhere and Aaron has been very uh outspoken about his criticism of the intercept obviously so the question is like do you care more about your position vis-a-vis an outlet or do you care more about the actual stories because I'm not going to not have cover some a headline from democracy now that's not that that is actually important and useful to get out and just so you know actually Kim said I, I I didn't need Kim's blessing but I spoke to her and she thought she's like oh you should totally do it so when you have the actual person doing that that's I think worth noting so you could probably ask him why she thinks that is but she herself is not canceling the outlet that she left because of how they treated her so you got to make a lot of choices and i think the most important thing is like getting your voice out there and getting to the extent that we think that you know we have important points to make i think that's the more important thing um
1: yeah and- when when glenn yeah. left the intercept when Glenn left the Intercept, same thing. He um, still promoted certain people there like Ryan Grimm, who, he, whose journalism he likes. And so, you know, even him being censored by them didn't prevent him from supporting people's work when he felt that that was appropriate, you know? But look, I think you raised a good question. And yeah, look, in my case, I personally canceled the Intercept <laughs> because I just think they're so, I just think they've, like, what they did with censoring Glenn, with Russiagate, with the Syria Dirty War. To me, um, in my in my own personal world, I've I've basically canceled the intercept, but I wouldn't try to impose that on on anybody else, and I wouldn't call because look, I they still have reporters there who do great work, you know. Right. So,
12: Katie, yeah. Katie, I think you make this one spectacular point because Ryan's recent article about left institutions eating themselves from within was like incredibly insightful, and in the discussions that all kinds of other. You know, media outlets had about that reporting were like you know really really important and eye opening to a lot of people. I think Um, you know I don't I don't want to cancel you know the entirety of of everything and and thereby not be able to get those kinds of insightful stories. But so so I guess this is a really interesting question, Aaron, because like you did cancel the Intercept. Like so, where do you draw that line, right? Like at what point do you think okay, there's been so much questionable you know, stuff put out by this given outlet that I no longer think the rest of what they're putting out is credible, or at least there's so many questions about its credibility that I have time. I have, I have limited time and I'm going to devote it elsewhere. Right.
0: But I don't think that, well, Aaron can answer that, but then I have something to say.
12: I don't think that's entirely canceling an entire outlet, but like, I have so many questions that I don't have time to answer and I'm going to read something
1: else. Right. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, up for, it's up for everyone's individual choice to make. I would never, for example, publicly advocate that, like, nobody reads The Intercept. I just, you know, because, look, they still put out some valuable stuff, even though I just think in my case, uh, knowing what I know, um, I think they're just led by people who I just don't share values with and I think are.
0: But Aaron, you wanted to, you, it was, I, I think I'm not being inappropriate. You, you, you were the one who suggested having Ryan on, right?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying cancel their individual, uh, journalists. I'm saying, but, but, um, no, 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 of course not. But I'm saying just in terms of outlets that I, that like I, I pay attention to and would like, um, yeah, like.
0: You're not going to donate to them. <laughs> You're not no, I'm not and i not going to and I,
12: and I'm not trying yeah. to get in you face and say that you disregard everything that Grimm says. I'm I'm kind of raising the question of like, where is the line drawn? At what point do you yeah. consider someone? Yeah, it's a great question. Put worth your time, and where is that line? And and you know, where have they kind of lost that distinction in your? It mind? is
0: a, a good question. I think that sometimes though, people are more invested in like the gesture of cancellation than they are in the context. And there I just think it's sad, a sad state of affairs. But it's not like we can go to so many places for important headlines like democracy. Now, I disagree with some of their framing, but they'll also have important stories that no other place has. And I'm well, not going to not going to. Right. Yeah. Well,
12: I don't think I don't think it's worth bothering to virtue signal myself. I don't even have a Twitter, so I wouldn't be public about it. But, uh, you know, my thing is, I you know, I have a limited I have limited resources in terms of time. We got so it.
1: Yeah, yeah. A request yeah. to be answered on this on this. I'm thank you guys so much. Tyler, really thank you. We're gonna uh, move on because we, yeah, we're we're have, yeah, on, yeah. we but, have them. Thanks, thanks we, so much.
0: What we can all agree on is that you know, with your limited time, you should obviously prioritize useful idiots.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: All right, uh, V. The Salam. Bye. I can't read your full name, but V. Uh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? All right, Chuck. Chuck, unmute yourself. Oh, I think I just, oh my God, this is really annoying. All right. I think I, I pressed on you by accident. So Chuck, come back into the call. V, come back into the call. Anyone else? All right. Uh, Charles. Charles, unmute yourself by hitting the mic icon. Um, all right. Charles. Oh. No, those Aaron. Charles, we will get back to you. Um, come back in the line. We're gonna go to V, who's back in. So let me make V the next caller. Hi, V.
1: Oh, oh but we in the in the process we skipped over Hussein. So sorry Hussein, if you
0: come back in, but Hussein, don't ask answer. me questions about raising your kid Jewish, because I'm not religious. So as long as you don't ask me questions about how to raise your kid religiously Jewish, that's fine. I'm a cultural Jew and I've told you what to do if you want to do that, which we'll is send your kids to Camp Kinderland. Okay, V.
13: Hi. I uh, just um big fans of your works, uh, <laughs> both Katie and Aaron. Um, I do have a few questions regarding the Ukraine the the, the sort of the self censoring of CBS News, which uh detailed about um like the billion of military military aids that the u s is sending to ukraine doesn 't make it to the front line um I was kind of like in in one sense, is that sort of like uh before it's censored it, the, do you think that cBS have like the intent to really put it out there before um for whatever reason it got like it censored its own um its own, uh, its own video, uh, uh, its own documentary,
1: in the, in the least sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. So for those who missed this, uh, CBS News put out a documentary. It was pretty good. Basically, pointing out that the U.S. is not keeping track because it can't keep track of all the weapons that it sends into Ukraine, and it interviewed people inside Ukraine and some experts about this. Then, th- then they got this huge backlash people calling them Russian propagandists, blah, blah, blah. So quickly, CBS pulled the documentary, said that it's being re-edited and, and updated because they said that since the documentary was filmed that uh, there's been more oversight put into place. And that oversight basically amounts to, they say that in August, so this month, just now, a U.S. official arrived in Ukraine that could, who could supposedly help monitor weapons. So this one guy is going magi- is, is to magically now monitor all these U.S. weapons. And uh, look, it speaks to how beautifully our propaganda system works. There's nobody in government calling up CBS and saying, you have to censor this because, you know, or else we will uh, shut you down. That's not how it works. You just create enough flack. You call CBS news names. You call them Russian propagandists. And that's enough to get the narrative in line. And so CBS is taking, really, this it does not happen very often where, Documentaries are pulled and re-edited to make for a more amenable narrative to what is the state line. It, it just speaks to how well our propaganda system works. We don't need official bureaucrats telling networks what to say. You just send the message through different means, like including giving them flack for saying the wrong things and deviating from the state line. And it works.
13: Oh, thanks. Uh, and also like i i do kind of like saw a report from um it's about the taiwan situation but even before that um there was like a a, a report saying that the taiwan government uh that lobbied for pelosi um for uh, for 3 mo po- for more than 3 million to what essential? Actually, to essentially, um, you know, support them to to support to support. Uh, whether it's like um, to give them more credentials in to um, giving, like going back, uh, going off the backs of the Chinese government, you know. Uh, is that so? Sort of like saying a lot more about how how much is uh, like the the danger of, of of lobbying to influence governments, whether it'll be Taiwan or whether it'll be the United States, That's because we've seen a lot of like. um like a, a lot of accusations going back and forth saying oh uh, uh, the the russian government did that or the chinese government did that and uh when it when it comes to taiwanese government it it sort of like doesn't sing the same tune as we have seen from uh from the united states governments who who've been you know stonewalling both russia and china for uh allegedly influencing and subverting democracy in America. Uh, what 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 is your views on these
1: um, on those things? I didn't see that that there was lobbying involved, but if that doesn't surprise me. That makes perfect yeah, sense.
13: Yeah, it's my Dick. It's uh a uh, uh, retired um, Democrat by the name yeah. of Dick yeah. Gerhardt, Yeah, of course, of
1: Gerhardt, course, yeah. of
0: course. Get part, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 David Sirota tweeted it out.
1: Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Thank you, V, for the call. Thank you, V. Thank yeah. you. No, all right. Should
0: we take Hussein because we skipped over him by accident? Oh sure. All right. Hussein, welcome.
11: Hello. Um. You know what? We don't have to talk about the kid. I you lean J Street jesus loving jew type of thing right that's that's your uh
0: spiel i guess uh right i like jesus i think jesus was a good dude yeah uh, <laughs> Left, of, but they're better that, than Asia. yeah
11: okay that's good i was gonna ask i, I didn't i was gonna talk to israeli politics um ashra to the um solemn ashra to all the innocent lives lost um i think this past weekend they had a Another thing going on down there, but what what I wanted to ask was, do you know why the Egyptians are like the arbiters of peace dealings in uh, Israeli politics and Palestinian issues? I've always wondered what makes yeah, well, them the yeah. arbiters of peace dealings when there's so many other Arab Gulf countries right around that area, and well, Egypt is because... in Africa, so why do they have a say in Israeli politics?
1: Because Egypt and Israel made a peace deal, the Camp David Accords, in the late seventies, and that essentially took Egypt out of the uh, camp that was resisting Israel. It, it, so they're
11: not in Africom, I'm guessing. Egypt is not part of Africom in that case.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I think I think Egypt is an Africom. Uh, no, they're
11: not. They're not. Okay.
1: All right. So regardless, it doesn't matter. There. The point is, Egypt and Israel made peace in the late seventies, and. In return, Egypt got to be basically a U.S. client state. It gets billions of dollars in aid every year, uh, especially to its military. So uh, and in return, Egypt basically sold out Palestinian rights uh, by no longer being a, um, no longer challenging Israel and trying to uh, you know, stand up to Israel seizing all this occupied Palestinian land. So since then, Israel, Egypt has played this role as a broker. And especially because of its proximity to Gaza. Egypt and Gaza share a, a border. So that's why Egypt plays, uh, uh, plays a role. And thank Do you. Same, thanks for the call.
11: I had more to say. I want to know.
1: All right. Well, I'm sorry to skip you, but we, uh, we are short on time. So we're going to get to everybody else. All right, Mo, go ahead.
4: Hey, guys. How you doing? Hi there.
1: good. Unmute. Enable microphone. Continue.
0: Canoe. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah.
4: Okay, good. I was just calling to follow up. I love the community you guys developed. I just wanted to know, if you guys had any update on Serge? Have you heard from him? How's he doing in Ukraine? i curious.
0: I saw Serge in one of our chats the other day, but I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. Have you, Aaron?
1: I have not. No. No. Uh, and for people who don't, he's in Ukraine. He's a caller who's... Okay. Spoken to us before and giving us updates about what's going on in Ukraine. No, I haven't seen him in a while, but, um, you know, uh, you hope he's well, hope hope he's well too. Yeah. 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 Hey, Thanks guys for everything. You're doing thank thank you Thank you. All right. Yeah. Last caller, Joshua.
0: Joshua row your boat
8: ashore.
10: Uh, yeah, I'm coming into port. Thank you, Katie. Um, did you guys just drop Hussein down a spider hole? Um, No, my real question is, did you see that we have a four-star general now that's black that is running AFRICOM? Because I I feel like a a true patriot now that that has happened, we're going to do good to Africa now that that has happened. I'm very excited to see it.
0: Yeah. Well, I did have on um, uh, Jemima Pierre, who uh, was talking about the black faces of empire so I'm sure she would have included that person. She was calling them out. Including um, uh, Karina... uh, What is uh, Biden's new press secretary? She was another example of that.
1: And the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. is now touring Africa, where she's basically threatened Africa with sanctions if they they don't... um, if they defy the U S and trade with Russia. So yeah, a lot of good things going on.
0: He's African American. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. This was a great show as always. We'll be back here at the same time.
0: Yeah. Uh, We'll speak at the same time. Don't forget 11 a.m. right here. Um, at, uh, Colin and 10 a.m. on at YouTube, youtube.com slash useful idiots. Thanks, guys. Bye.